0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, and welcome to our esteemed listeners. Um, this week's Parsha, Parsha's Balak. Unfortunately, we cannot learn about a mitzvah this week. Do you know why we can't learn about a mitzvah? Uh, what three things? That's true. Well, that is true. This week's parsha we have the Jewish people tempted to worship idols and uh engage in adultery and immorality, and yes, that is correct. But the reason we can't learn about a mitzvah is because there are no mitzvahs in this week's parsha. This week's parsha is entirely the story of Bilam. Bilam was a prophet and he was hired by the um king of moab to curse the jewish people and bilam was famous for his ability to curse he knew precisely the talmud explains the moment when god gets angry there's a moment a split moment and maybe we'll talk more about this next week as we have in previous years there's a split moment of anger every day of constriction of lack of life force And Bilaam knew how to tap into that split second, which the Talmud literally calculates is like literally a split nanosecond. He knew how to calculate that moment, and in that moment, he would curse. He had the ability to cut off others from the life force, from God's life force, and cause destruction, terrible destruction. And in this week's Parsha, he comes to curse the Jews, and time after time, he is thwarted. He is unable to curse the Jews, and instead, what comes out of his mouth is is a prophecy and a blessing. And he ends up blessing the Jewish people. Some of the most beautiful brachas in the Torah are found in this week's parsha through the mouth of Bilaam, which the Talmud says Bilam was a prophet on the level of Moshe. He was on the highest level of prophecy. So the question is, how? How does that work? Moshe was a refined person. The Talmud, the Torah says, was the humblest person in the world. He was of impeccable character, and Moshe achieved the level of prophecy. But Bilaam bilham was a person who was looking at god's anger he was looking always at negativity the talmud tells us that bilham was engaged in the most disgusting of behaviors he was uh, thomas says literally he was engaged in relationships with his donkey bestiality of all things and the 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 mishnah in perkyavos continues and says that bilham was was engaged had had three of the worst character traits you can imagine, it says that Billam was basically the opposite of Avraham. Avraham, it says, anyone who has three character traits is from the students of Avraham, and anyone who has the other three character traits, the opposite, are from the students of Billam. The three positive character traits is a humble spirit, um, desire, not having a lot of desires for physical things, and, um, and, and, and a good eye seeing the good in others it says bilham was the opposite bilham saw the bad in others he was jealous of others he constantly wanted lots of things and he had a, a haughty spirit he was arrogant so how is it that bilham had prophecy so i want to talk a little bit about what prophecy is we did speak about this last year perhaps it's gotten better this year um, and what is prophecy how does prophecy work the talmud tells us that prophecy there there are um there are a number of prophets that are recorded in the in the tanakh in the in the bible that are codified but the talmud tells us there were thousands of prophets amongst the jewish people in fact they had schools that were devoted to teaching prophecy that means it was a skill that could be acquired so how does one achieve prophecy the talmud tells us that prophecy only existed uh for the most part, in the land of Israel, for the Jewish people, only amongst the Jewish people, although there were see that there were prophets of non jewish nations who and clearly Bilam was one who lived outside the land of Israel, but uh for the most part existed within the land of Israel, and that prophecy ended approximately two thousand years ago that that the sages of the Talmud prayed that the desire to worship idols be removed from the world. Because people used to have a tangible desire to bow down to, to graven images, to worship something that you could see, feel and touch. And besides the Jews, everyone in the world believed in idols. And the sages prayed that that desire would go away. It was a, such a strong desire. The story there are stories uh, in the Talmud recorded of people said that had we been there, we would have been uncontro- have an uncontrollable urge. To worship idols now we don't understand it so it could perhaps be akin to our worship of money if someone from back then would say why are you running after these pieces of paper you're crazy we, you know they they wouldn't relate to it necessarily or our desire for phones and the stimulation the addiction of phones maybe it's also such a powerful urge right so the talmud says that the rabbis prayed that desire for adult idolatry be taken out of the world and their prayer was answered but at the exact same time prophecy was taken out of the world because you always have to have equal pulls in opposite directions so when there's a pull towards negative spirituality so the positive spirituality becomes weakened as well so we lost the power of prophecy when prophecy was taken away from the idolatrous uh practices and they were real they achieve helped you achieve real according to most opinions real spiritual states but it was from a negative side because ultimately the goal of prophecy was to achieve your wishes that the idol or the power the spiritual force should serve you That's why it's God's in the man's image, because we're worshiping really something that's our ego, our own self, which is meant to bring about our own our own gratification. It's the opposite of Judaism, where we are literally nullifying ourselves to God's will. It's man in God's image, right? They say that Christianity is kind of like is like a it's a uh, meshing of Judaism with paganism. And Christianity begins when a man or when God dies for our sins. God sacrifices his son for us. And Judaism begins when Abraham sacrifices his son for God. You see, it's about what we can do for God, not what God can do for us. So... At the same time, the Talmud says that the rabbis prayed. They said, it's, wow, we see that our prayers are being answered today. Let's keep going. We're on a roll. So then they prayed that the desire for, for sexual uh, lic- licentia- licentiousness should be taken out of the world. That we shouldn't have such a drive for immoral uh, sexual relationships outside of the bonds of marriage. And it says that the next day they went outside. They couldn't find eggs. The chickens stopped laying eggs. The birds stopped chirping. The bees stopped buzzing. Essentially, the world died. And they saw that that is a desire that's needed. It's necessary. And although it's challenging, we're in this world to work on ourselves and to control ourselves. So they prayed that it should be brought back. And the the Talmud says that it mostly was brought back, but the desire for relationships with siblings was taken away. And And therefore, we don't really have that same desire for incest as perhaps was once existed. So that is the idea of prophecy. So what is prophecy exactly? How do we achieve it? If there were schools to teach you how to become a prophet, so what's the path? So the Rambam Maimonides explains that there are three qualities that a a prophet needs to have. Rambam says, quoting the Talmud, he needs to be a chacham, a wise man, a gibor, a strong man, and an usher, and a rich man. What does that mean? What in the world? What does it have to do with achieving prophecy? So that's what the Talmud says. So the Rambam explains. A Chacham is someone who has to be able to control his mind. The first step in prophecy is learning how to silence the chatter that is and the and the and in the interference that is constantly buzzing around in our minds. To learn the art of meditation, to learn to silence the mind. When a person can silence their mind, they can begin to receive information. There's spiritual messages. God is speaking to us all the time, the Talmud says. All the time. It's just that we don't have the ability to hear it because our minds are so cloud clouded up with garbage. If you can silence the mind, you begin to download. It. And there's a story, um there's a there's a man in the old city of Jerusalem whose name is Gil Laks. Gil Lox, uh formerly known as Guru Gil. Guru Gil, I don't think he likes that, but people call him that was a guru in India for many years. And he also spent time in New York and he had a whole flock of followers who used to come and meditate around him. And he spent many years meditating. And he said that he got to a point in his meditation that he started to receive radio waves. He could literally pick up radio stations in his head. He started having crazy images of blue lights and luminous beings and angelic figures. And uh, so it's pretty crazy stuff. So he said that when you learn how to meditate, you literally are able to tap in to all the different stuff that's going on. If I told someone a thousand years ago that there are radio waves all around you, they think you're crazy. The answer is there are things all around us. We just don't have the hardware to pick it up. That's why when you hear certain frequencies, we don't hear it, but a dog will start going crazy, a dog whistle and whatnot, because they can pick up on sensations that are beyond our hardware. So that's number one is to be a Chacham, to learn how to tap into Chachma, Chachma, is wisdom that comes from beyond in Kabbalah Chokmah comes from beyond the brain it's not the brain's wisdom don't think your brain is that smart to come up with godly wisdom your brain can only get as far as it can get the godly wisdom comes from beyond the brain it drops in that's the idea of the light bulb above the head that's the symbolism of the crown in Kabbalah which is that which comes above the brain our brain is hardware our brain has the ability to download download incredible Messages, but you have to be attached and linked to the cloud. And then you could download incredible wisdom. That's what Moshe did on Mount Sinai. So that's number one. Number two, the Rambam says he has to be a Gibor. What's a Gibor? A strong person. So the Rambam says that is re- referring to what it says in Avos. Who is a strong person? Someone who controls their desires. You have to have the ability to control yourself, control your desires. For physical pleasure. Control your body. That's true strength. It has to have complete self-control. And then the, next, the third thing is who is an usher? A, a, a rich person. The same mission in Prakalva says who is rich? You know, you remember the answer? Someone who's happy with what they have. Wealth is not about the amount of stuff you have. It's about your attitude with what you have. Being grateful for what you have. And that's the not being jealous that's having appreciation for what you have so we see these three things line up with what it says in perkyavos perhaps that bill that Avram had three character traits he had an eye in tovah he saw the good and the eyes relate to chachma wisdom which is in the eyes the, the chachamim the sages are called the Ene ha'eda the eyes of the congregation uh, chachma has to do with being able to tap into the good that's all around us. And of course seeing the good in yourself and others is certainly part of that. Whereas Billam saw always the bad in everybody, right? Jews have to be good looking people. You have to see the good constantly. Um then he says that Avraham was of lowly lowly spirit. He wasn't arrogant. Right? That means he was he was uh he was content with what he had and who he was and he also wasn't Um, And he had also a lowly spirit that he wasn't, it says that he wasn't, uh, sorry, uh, uh, um, he wasn't constantly looking after physical gratification. So perhaps those are the three character traits that are mentioned in Perkyavos. But at the end of the day, what it means is that to become a prophet, you have to learn how to master the mind, and you have to master the heart, and you have to master the body. The body has physical desires, you have to control those. The heart longs and yearns for. For arrogance and for uh, for honor and recognition and for more stuff, you have to be able to control that and you have to be able to control the mind. So how did Billam get prophecy if he was on such a low level and he had all these terrible character traits? The answer is, as explained in some of the commentaries, that the way prophecy works is it's a download and you get the prophets got messages. The messages that the prophets got were images. They received images and it was up to them to interpret the image. And the image was interpreted according to their hardware. What does that mean? So it says that all the prophets saw with a cloudy lens, except for Moshe. Moshe saw with a clear lens. If you have a cloudy lens, if your glasses are dirty, what do you see when you look at the world? It's foggy. You see the world filtered through your tinted lenses. There's a story of someone who was uh at the at the Louvre in Paris and he was looking at the at the art and he saw the Mona Lisa and he said, It looks like yogurt. And everyone's like, What what's going on with this guy? And then he looks at uh he looks at uh Van Gogh and he says, Looks like yogurt. And they're like what? And then finally someone comes him and says, Sir, your your glasses are covered in yogurt. So he saw the whole world through the lens. But it's more than that. If you're looking through a, a, a looking glass and the glass is dirty, do you know what you see? A really dark glass? If you ever look at tinted glass tinted windows in a car what do you see you see yourself you see a reflection of yourself so really what it means is that the prophets saw the vision the image that god gave them through the lens of their own ego the thicker their ego the less clarity they saw the more refined their ego the more clarity and moshe who was the humblest person saw with absolute clarity the vision that god saw that's why it says and god said to moshe saying Moshe said over exactly what God said so so what is the message to us about how to achieve prophecy we have to refine learn how to control our minds to be able to download but that's the that's the software but it only is as good as our hardware if our body and our character traits aren't refined if we don't have control of ourselves so then you can get the latest Apple downloads or the latest Windows, but if you have an old computer from nineteen ninety eight you 're not going to be able to handle that that software so our job in this world is to learn how to refine our hardware that means our character traits, control of our body, control of our desires, being happy with what we have, and ultimately then to learn how to meditate, how to control our mind, and then we 'll be able to receive those those images when they come one time i uh spoke to her of noah weinberg the founder of Aisha torah um, of blessed memory i met i met him once and i asked him for a blessing and he said hashem loves you so much he has so much good and so much blessing that he wants to give you and he's ready to pour the greatest goodness and the greatest spiritual awareness and all the levels of holiness on you And the only thing stopping it is you we are blocking ourselves from the incredible goodness that's around us at all times because of the interference. The interference is the noise and the chatter in, the, in our minds. The interference is the chatter in our body, but ultimately the interference is our, our inability to see the good, our inability to connect in the moment, to be mindful, our inability to get out of our ego, which is blinding us and literally interfering with our ability to truly see with spiritual insight not with physical eyes but with spiritual eyes that 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 allows us to see within to see beyond so uh, one time a student said to me you can't wait to get married because he heard that when a husband when uh, when a bride and groom get married on the day of their wedding day all their sins are wiped out and they're like a child that's reborn so i said to him that's not going to help you I said, what do you mean? I said because that's a spiritual blessing. Getting all your sins removed, being like a newborn child, is great. That's spiritual potential. It's it's software, but if your hardware isn't purified, then the software is not going to work. You're just going to go back to your old ways. So spiritual blessings only work if we've refined ourselves and worked on our physical ability and our vessel, our ability to receive the goodness. And that's ultimately our job. What's called in the Hebrew, tikkun hamidos, refining ourselves. That's the gate to spirituality and, and holiness. And ultimately, that's the gate to a happy and positive life. I'll conclude with the following story that I spoke to a, a, an old student today who told me that he had a, he just recently quit his job. And he was at a company, his dream company. He would always wanted to work for that company. And he landed his first job there. And the first day on the job, a co-worker comes up to him and, he, and says to him, do you know who your boss, who your manager is? He said, no. That your manager is like the, the devil incarnate. The most evil person in the world. They're going to make your life miserable. Be on guard." And he's like, whatever. It's like, it's my first day. I'm gonna go in with open mine. He said his manager, every second behind of closed doors would berate him and insult him and curse at him. And everything he did was wrong and complain about him and claim that he didn't do work he was supposed to do. And he complained to the super higher ups and nobody listened because this person had protection, protection or whatever inside the company and literally made his life miserable. He said he was depressed for an entire year. he lost weight a nightmare a nightmare and finally ended up having to quit they said to him if you don't improve your ways you're being fired or you can leave now with a package and he took the package and got out and even though he had evidence that he'd been doing all his work and he said that 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 the turnaround in that department was like like a hundred percent more than anywhere else in the company people quit all the time and they still the company still didn't fire this person or realize that they had a problem because they were very close to that person and so I just said to him, like, imagine being that person's spouse. Imagine being that person's kids. And that's life. That's our life. If we don't take time to reflect upon ourself honestly, and to recognize our flaws, and to work on ourselves in a true way, then we become that broken record that just keeps repeating the same mistake over and over and over And That's what Einstein says is the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. If your life isn't great, if you don't love your job, if, people, if you can't keep relationships, if you're spou- having problems with your spouse, if you're overweight, etc., don't keep doing the same thing examine yourself, figure out what the root is of the issues and begin to refine yourself and work on yourself. If you need a coach, get a coach. If you need a rabbi, get a rabbi. If you need a friend, get a friend. You can't do it on your own, but we all have the ability to change. Nobody is stuck the way they are. We come into this world full of desires for impure things and unhealthy relationships. We come into this this world with unhealthy attitudes towards food and all sorts of physical pleasures. We come into this world with, maybe we don't come into this world, but we gain through our parents and our experiences, anger, jealousy, uh, laziness, insecurities. Don't think that that's just the way you are. Everyone can change. Take responsibility for yourself. Take responsibility to refine yourself and to work on yourself. And you too can achieve the highest levels of spirituality. But perhaps more important than prophecy is becoming a wholesome and a healthy person with healthy relationships, healthy self-image, healthy habits, healthy body. And then you can have a healthy and happy life. So that is my message for you